no one is truly all modern or all industrial or all farmhouse or all contemporary. We all have a mix of things that we love. So it's just my job to find what that mix is and make it look good together. Welcome to Love These Days by Pop Sugar, a new podcast sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry that tackles all the ways that the last year has changed relationships. Because it's safe to say a lot has changed. I'm Jenna Ashkowitz. And I'm her fiance and co-host, David Stanley. This week, we're tackling how to make the house you live in with your partner feel like a shared home that reflects both your senses of style. Living with someone is really the true test of the relationship. You've got the merging of stuff. The arguments about who needs to get rid of their stuff. The trying to agree on new stuff to buy. Yeah, it's a whole thing, as you and I know. So let's get to it and meet our guest. Our guest today is Carmion Hamilton, the Memphis-based interior designer behind Newbie Interiors. She has worked in interior design for 15 years, including eight years running her own business. Carmion describes her style as modern bohemian, and she believes in elevating the everyday and finding beauty in the now. That feels so relevant to life right now. She's also married to her husband, Marcus, has a son, as well as what she describes as a jungle of houseplants. Okay, I'm going to need her plant parent tips. Definitely. We could use that advice. This episode of Love These Days by Pop Sugar is sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry. Pots and pans, cooking and cabernet, Sundays and sleeping in. Make your home undeniably yours with a Crate and Barrel Registry. Carmion, welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you. Hello, Jenna and David. How are you guys? Good, good. We are so excited to talk with you. <laughs> I am just as excited. Well, all right. I'm going to kick this off because I I couldn't be more excited. I love interior design. I, I'd like to think I'm good at it, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've worked with a lot of couples in your interior design business. Like, What are your most common design questions or even relationship questions that kind of come up in initial conversation? Oh my gosh. When working with couples, the absolute number one question is always about combining different styles. And (laughs) I'm a very logical and analytical thinker and apply a lot of real life examples to things. So I'm like, okay, you're a whole human being but you also love, say you love pizza, you may love Chinese food, you love Mexican food, you love, you know. Check, check, check. Yes. So, so you love <laughs> all of these. You love Thai. And there's no way someone is going to be able to tell you you can only pick one type of food for the rest of your life. Like your palate is a combination of all of these things and the same for design. No yeah. one is truly all modern or all industrial or all farmhouse or all contemporary. Right. We all have a mix of things that we love. So it's just my job to find what that mix is and make it look good together. I love the food reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> That's the way it makes sense for a lot of people. It's like, oh, right. I never thought about it that way. You may have like a favorite one or, a, you know, one that's going to kind of lead you, but just pops and splashes of all different styles and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, moving in together is a huge step, right? Indeed. And maybe even more of a change than marriage sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's also stressful to think about like combining all of your belongings, mm-hmm. like, you know, combining two homes, essentially, especially if you're moving into a smaller space. So what's your advice for like curating 
what's in your home. Like if you own similar items, like who gets to keep what? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Very good question. So I haven't been a part of a coming together. I usually come in after they're already together and one of the two has made the other get rid of a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) But what I would say is one, start with the easy things. Start with the things that are sentimental, the things that mean the most to you. Like there's no compromise on it. So you know what's coming. So when you get all of the sentimental things out of the way, I think there's a lot less for you to even discuss. Most people aren't super attached to a sofa or a rug. Right. But when it comes to those things, I say get all the way down to the practicality of it. So who bought something last? Like, is it newer? What's the condition of it? Is it going to last another five, 10 years, wherever we're going? Is this something that we can agree on and hold on to and not bicker over it after we move in? I love that. Carmen, I'm curious. Did you have something that you or your husband kept or debated over or had to compromise on when you moved in? Oh, my gosh. So my husband and I, we didn't move in together until two days after we got married. So that (gasps) was like a whole... That's a long story, but as far as the things, (laughs) um, no, I was the one that came with everything. My husband lived with a roommate before we got married. And so I was like, no, you're not allowed to bring anything. He brought his gaming system and that was it. So fair enough. Yes. I haven't had to do this compromise thing. Plus he, he trusts me as an interior designer. So it's like, that's your job. I don't, I don't have to do this. So, (laughs) so yeah. David tends to also trust me with things. I'm like, we don't need this anymore. He's like, okay. And sometimes I get rid of things and he doesn't notice. I'm like, see, you know what I mean? You're never, you're never the wiser. Occasionally, I'll have opinions on things. Like we got, we actually got this coffee table that's Ugh, sitting in our what a nightmare. living room right now, and it's the bane of Jenna's existence. <laughs> but she really liked it when she got it. Well, it's glass and mirror, so who's cleaning it every day? Oh. We have replaced another glass coffee table that was actually better than this one, and oh. and so we got it. I was like, this looks a little flimsy. I don't think it's going to quite hold up. But she needed to test it out, and I think now we're ready to move on from it. We're definitely ready to move on from it. But you're not attached to most things, which is good. Like, I feel like I'm I'm able to make a lot of the decisions without like a lot of conversation. I'm happy to give you plenty of room to run. <laughs> I care 20%. You care 90%. So that's fair. Yes. So a lot of what I talk about is trying to determine what's most important to each person. It's rare when both partners care about how things look. Most times there's one that's very analytical about things like, is this worth the money? Is it functional? Is it practical? And then the other is very emotional about things. Am I going to love it? Is it going to be great looking on Instagram when I post it? There's always some type of division and I get to understand and level with both partners. And once we get to the foundation of both, if you can give a couple both functionality and practicality, the aesthetics is actually the easy part. Hmm. So, yeah, it's finding the compromise and just speaking to what's important to both people, because it's usually two different things. That's yeah. interesting. I was going to ask that. Like you say that it's two different things. I'm just curious. Is it more common for a couple to be completely misaligned or aligned or is it there's some kind of gray area? There's always a gray area, but you think about two human beings, it's likely that they don't think the same way. So there's always some dichotomy that you're having to work with. They may have tons of similarities, but what's important 
to both people at their core is usually different. I'm curious, like, okay, so two partners have a very different sense of style, like Mm -hmm. really, really different. Like one wants a farmhouse and one wants, I don't know, industrial. Those two styles play very well together, by the way. So you walked into that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very because farmhouse is industrial. I mean, it's all mm. about practicality. But yeah, let's say, for instance, let's go even more extreme. One is very traditional, very Southern, and the other is very modern, contemporary New York loft. Mm. So how do you blend the two? And again, there's usually a grounding matter. So I always bring to my clients, it's not necessarily the style that is going to make for a successful design, but it's also the longevity. So Mm. picking out pieces that one speak to both clients, but will also stand the test of time that they're not going to hate after two years. Like it's the, yeah. the trend is going to wear off. The The niceness is going to wear off there. I loved this two years ago back when I loved traditional and now I love bohemian. So the pieces that you're going to spend the most money on mm-hmm. are what's going to blur the lines between the two styles. Mm-hmm. So one may mm-hmm. be traditional and one may be contemporary. So you go for something with maybe it has clean lines, say your sectional or sofa. It has clean mm-hmm. lines, not a whole lot of tufting and rolls and fringe and skirts mm-hmm. or things like that. But the fabric that goes on, it speaks to more of the traditional person. So you mm-hmm. can blend the two in several aspects of just one piece of furniture like a sofa. That is very, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have you. That's what designers do. Yes, that's why people call us. <laughs> Parmian, I'm curious too. Uh, I know that there's a really important aspect of your practice that's focused on environmental design. Yes. What kind of overlay do you bring into your work with your clients through that lens? Yeah, so I call myself an environmental curator because I've been in so many different facets of design. I mean, I started in healthcare, working to design hospitals and nursing homes and assisted living facilities, like long-term care facilities. And that is where the foundation of wellness was birthed in my whole entire core when it comes to design. People have to feel good in the spaces that they dwell in because our spaces affect how we feel and how we interact with each other, how we move about life. If everything at home or in the space that you're in the most is chaotic and you don't like it, it doesn't feel good for you to be in. You carry that with you even outside of that space. That's so interesting. And I think the the lens of wellness, I even think about like energy, right? Like what kind of energy does a space have? How do you feel when you're there? Absolutely. Light, right? Um, Dimensions, ceilings, height, other things, right? Like I would imagine you've had some really interesting conversations with your clients about the energy they feel in certain spaces and how through your work you can help to shift or alter that energy in ways that align with what they want. Yes. And that's actually one of the initial questions that I ask my clients, like, how do you want to feel in this space? Do you want it to be loungy and cool and relaxing and moody? Or do you want to feel energetic and bright and happy? What are the emotions that you want this room to have when you're dwelling in it? And Mm -hmm. at what times of the day? Like, do you want it bright and energetic throughout the day? And do you want it moody at night? Because there are things we can do to change that. So it's really important to understand the feeling you want for a room before deciding Mm -hmm. what color to paint the walls or what type of sofa to bring in. Yeah. 
All right. So we're, we're building our wedding registry right now. Awesome. It's, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I'm, you know, I'm like replacing pans and just getting new items and things yes. that you obviously want for your, you know, shared home or your new chapter. Right. But mm-hmm. what's the best way to use the registry to help like build a space that you both love? Because our kind of mantra about the registry is add things that you wouldn't normally get for yourself just in this mm-hmm. very moment, right? So mm-hmm. what, what's the best way to like use that to build the space? Yes. Oh my gosh. I missed out on the opportunity to register. We had a very small wedding and actually we got married two months after my mom passed away. So I was just all like, I don't care about wedding things. I just yeah. want to get married and start life. So, yeah. but our 10 year anniversary is this year. Wow, so yes, I'm so excited. So we're actually going to do a registry and we're trying to figure out how to plan a wedding slash reception in COVID. So yeah, uh, stay tuned on that. With you. Welcome <laughs> to our lives. <laughs> yeah. How do we gather? <laughs> so yes. And, and even though we're in a staff, Established couple, everybody's like, register, like do it. We want to gift you guys something you didn't let us do it 10 years ago. So now we're having to think about these things. But I think when we first got married and now speaking to couples as they prepare to join forces and come together and start a life, the things that you touch every day are going to be what I tell you to put on your registry. So a really good cookware set. Mm. My husband and I have bought, I think, six different cookware sets in the 10 years we've been together. And I'm like, just imagine if we had the one good set from the beginning. (laughs) I think we would have, at this point, we've bought two of the good sets, buying six (laughs) of the bad ones. So yes, register for the, the things, the really beautiful and substantial things that you're going to touch every day. So your cookware set, your dinnerware set, your glassware. Mm-hmm. You're talking our language. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So register for those things that you're going to touch on a daily basis, but also those things that are just going to make those moments that much more special. So a salt and pepper shaker set that is beautiful. You eat salt and pepper every day. You're going to use salt and pepper just about every day. Mm-hmm. So when you reach for that salt and pepper shaker, who bought it for you on your registry? You now have those people to thank and think about every time you shake salt and pepper on your food. So that's what I mean by the things you're going to touch every day. And then those things that'll just make those moments that much more special. So go all out yeah. and go for the things that you're going to touch and feel yeah. every day. We did get sheets. We got towels. We got a duvet. We put yes. um, we put all of our new dinnerware and plateware and bowls and drinkware, like uh, everything you're saying. And make sure you touch those every day. Like don't get the fine china that you're going to break out no, no. once a year. Or get the fine china and use it every day. Your china is now your everyday dishware and every meal is that much more special. With that, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Planning a wedding in a pandemic is a lot, but there's still one part of wedding planning that should be fun. Not the engagement photos again. (laughs) No, the registry. Crate and Barrel is the place to find timeless pieces you'll love forever. You mean I can finally get that barbecue smoker? Well, talk about that. Whether you're movie buffs, wine lovers, or budding home chefs, Crate and Barrel can help you create a wedding registry that's undeniably yours. Plus, they offer one-on-one expertise and sample registries created by real couples that make it so easy to get inspired. The smoker is easy. That's what I've been trying to tell you. 
Okay, then how about the beer glasses? <laughs> okay, fine. Let's add it to the registry. So tapping into your analytical brain, uh, yes. because couples are spending so much time at home, right, thinking about how to redecorate, how would you prioritize in thinking about this moment, this context right now, people are spending all their time at home. What should couples prioritize as they're thinking about redesign of their space in this moment? So first, I would have people think about how they want their space to feel and how they want to feel in that space. And once you get the feeling down, you have to get into the function. Um, don't start picking out anything until you understand how the space needs to function. And once you get the function out of the way, you know what to go look for. I want to be able to stand and do work. You know you're looking for a standing height desk. If you have a standing height desk, you need chairs that meet that standing height desk. So you need a bar stool. Do you need it to roll? Do you need it to have a back? Like all of those things come after you understand the function. So feeling, yeah. then function. And once you know the function, you create the shopping list. And then you get into what is it going to look like? What color is it going to be? <laughs> all of the aesthetic <laughs> things. But it doesn't start until you have the feeling and function. I love that. Feeling, function, shopping list. Yeah. Yes. Check, check, check. We definitely had to prioritize our... I mean, everything started to feel smaller and annoying to me mm -hmm. during the early COVID days in quarantine because you're staring at everything all day long. Mm -hmm. And then David lost his offices or they gave up their offices. And so he was working from home full time where I had already, you know, worked from home pretty much most of the time. And so he took over in the office where most of my stuff was. So I was like, well, I need a desk and I need to, you know, <laughs> I know you got a nine to five, but I still work. So we kind of had to repurpose our living room area into also my office as well. But we didn't want it to feel, you know what I mean? We, we didn't want it to infiltrate right. the, the cozy vibe of our right. living room as well. So we kind of built new shelves and, you know, added a desk that's kind of unintrusive in a way, mm -hmm. but I spend mm -hmm. most of my time out here anyway. So it felt intuitive for me to be out here and for him to be in the back room, but it's worked out well. I, I'm really happy with this space for now. I ideally would not want to put my office in our living room. Yeah, most people wouldn't. Right. <laughs> but everybody's had to like, you know, kind of just make things work for yes. themselves. And that's what everyone's having to do. Once we did it too, it made such a difference. I mean, I remember the time in COVID when a space that used to be 100% us and personal non-workspace has become in some ways like 50% workspace, 50% home space. So the energy really shifted. Mm -hmm. But yeah. once we actually made some of the changes and built out the living room, to me, I think it felt like night and day, right? In terms of our ability to like build new boundaries and rhythms and habits in our kind of new shared space in a way. Well, I was working on our kitchen island, staring at our sink when I was working for my whole day. <laughs> this cannot be. This cannot that's stand. Not, that's not good juju for when you're having to work staring at dishes in the sink. That's true. Okay. Let's move on to our favorite little game. It's Ooh, called yay. Would You Rather? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Would you rather live in a house covered in bright colors or decorated only in pale neutrals? Bright colors. Okay. Why bright colors? I'd rather be excited by something than bored by everything. 
I makes think, sense. I think I went with pale neutrals only because I thought you can add pops, but like you can't take away a bright red and green wall next to each other. I don't know. It's just my thought. But I'm not <laughs> that's the, that's the yin to the yang of, of Carmian's answer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> Would you rather get to pick out the couch or the bed in your home and your partner picks the other? I I'd, I'd rather pick the couch. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I was going to go. The public sees our couch. Yeah, exactly. Nobody will see our bed. <laughs> I would sleep 14 hours a day if I could, so I would go bed. Well, it's more uh, brain, not the mattress, I'm thinking. That's where my... See, brain. yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah, separating the aesthetics of the bed from yeah, the comfort sure. of the mattress. Yep. Yep. I could pick out the frame and you'll pick out the mattress and we'll be good to go. Medium firm. Okay. <laughs> Have a living room filled with house plants or an indoor garden. House plants. <laughs> <laughs> don't need the rest of that question. Or I don't even know what the second half is. An indoor garden to supply you with cooking ingredients. Oh, no. I buy my vegetables chopped and frozen. No, I don't know. Give me all the house plants. <laughs> Here's a funny story. Funny story is I don't. I'm not a big insect person and I'm not a really big outdoorsy person. And so in my 20s, I refused to have plants, even fake plants inside my house because I thought it would bring bugs in and it was just felt very, <laughs> it felt too alive to me. It was welcoming the outdoors in, the outdoors you didn't want. Exactly. It's welcoming things that we were, that are not welcome. But we actually worked with somebody, I worked with somebody and she was like, you know what? There are plants that don't feel intrusive that are live and are very little care. And now our house is full of indoor plants. And I imagine our life without them. It's a regular greenhouse without the bugs. Beautiful. Yes. Every space needs a living thing in it. That's very important to me. That's part of the wellness um, Mm. portion of my practice. Agreed. Gotta have a plant. Okay, last one. Would you rather register for artwork to hang on the walls or tabletop items to display throughout the house? Tabletop items to display, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I love to buy art um, either directly from the artist or display things that are very personal to me. Mm-hmm. Like I've framed the blueprints of our house. That's part of the artwork in our home. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, Carmian, so pretend for a second that... Jenna and I are coming to you uh, as potential clients, right? We're meeting for the first time. Yes. What are some of the first questions, if we're sitting down together, perhaps in your nice redesigned office, Mm -hmm. what are some of the first questions that you would ask us to determine how to style our home? So the first thing that I ask for from my clients is to give me their bio. Like, I want to know your whole story. Who are Mm -hmm. you? What are your ages? What do you do? And what are your backgrounds? Like, what? family did you grow up in? Where did you grow up? Like I need Mm -hmm. all the biographical information, almost to the point of therapy. Like I grew up in the middle of nowhere. My mom cooked us dinner every day. We had dinner as a family at the table every day. And my brothers and sisters and I, we went sledding in the winters, like all of those things I need to know. And then once I know everything about you, I would ask you to describe your style, not your home aesthetic, your personal style. Like, how do you dress? How would you describe your personal style? Most people can't identify their interior style because they don't live in the world of interiors, but everybody gets dressed every day. 
So you ask people questions that they can answer. So everyone can typically talk about what they wear and why they wear it. And then what are your favorite colors? What are you drawn to when it comes to your wardrobe? Because typically if you're drawn to things in your wardrobe, you're drawn to them in interiors as well. Very true. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then what are the things that really just irk your nerves? Like you are so over shiplap or you are so over industrial farmhouse or you hate polka dots. They make you dizzy. Like what are these Mm -hmm. things that you loathe? So I can start to, you know, eliminate things that I would suggest for you. Mm. Um, And once I have an understanding of your personal style and the things that you hate, I can typically speak to and discover what your design style is. So let's actually play this out for a second. Yes. Let's answer some of these questions okay. real quick. All right. I'll go first. So favorite yeah, give, colors. Me your, give me your background. Okay. So I grew up on Long Island. My family uh, was my brother and then my mom and dad. That was my immediate family. I started acting at a very young age. We ate dinner together every night, though. Whether my mom cooked or was takeout, we always sat at our table and ate dinner. And uh, growing up, I always moved things around. Every couple of months, they'd hear like crash, bang, boom. They'd be like, Jenna's moving stuff around again. And my personal... That never happens now. (laughs) My personal style is pretty much like a New Yorker, all black, Mm -hmm. lots of athleisure wear. And that was pre-pandemic. And um, grays, whites, blue... I think that's the short of it. <laughs> okay. So very close-knit family. Connection is very important to you. You love change, but controlled change. Mm-hmm. You like a little zhuzh every now and then, but you like your foundation as it is for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. And I probably guess that your style is on more of the modern side, considering you mentioned New York and New York is very structured and with it as I just sounded like 60 years old right (laughs) 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 with it that's that's your wisdom coming current it's current so you you think very clean lined and modern but still layered with comfort you probably like a little bit of texture and you like cozy as well so clean and cozy Spot on. <laughs> Got Spot it. On. That's amazing. I love that. Oh, See, what prize do I get? Right? Right? <laughs> clean and cozy. I literally you nailed it on the head. Yay. And for you, David. All right. And for me, so born and raised in Santa Monica, California. Uh, lived with my mom, who's a single mom, uh, in a bungalow style house on the south side of Santa Monica. My mom and I really, really close and, you know, she cooked most nights. A lot of the items I remember growing up in our house had a lot of history to them, family history, stories behind them, a lot of cultural infusions. So I'm half Mexican. My mom used to take me to art shows in East LA when I was growing up uh, to buy art from really interesting uh, Chicano artists. And so it was this interesting balance of sort of modern, but also like we had the great dining room table that I actually inherited when I was living as an adult. Uh, that was my grandmother's dining room table mm-hmm. and those chairs, right? That kind of had that history. The piano, the the Steinway piano that my mom played as a little girl that I learned how to play piano on. Mm-hmm. My style personally, I think is safe to say kind of classic preppy with a, the occasional cool 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, vibe here or there. I probably could be uh, a little more modern than I am, but uh, definitely a lot of like blues, darker colors, definitely some white, not a ton of like big bright colors, the occasional pink shirt that I've got in my closet. But, uh, <laughs> and I've lived in both New York and LA. Before I moved in with Jenna, I lived in a awesome Art Deco apartment building in Beverly Hills. And my kind of stuff there was a really interesting mix of like stuff from the family, right? Mm-hmm. Art, tables, other things, and then stuff that I bought that was more modern. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. What I hear is, well, first, do you travel a lot too, David? You sound like a traveler. I do. I actually yeah. spent the better part of two years traveling around the world. Yes. So yeah. you definitely have the vibe of a traveler. So I describe you as someone who doesn't quite care about the particulars, but as long as it makes sense and means something, like it has mm. to have meaning. Like I don't quite care if it's modern or traditional, but why? Like what yeah. is its meaning? What is its story? So you could be, you could go to the Rose Bowl flea market and stumble across something and hear that it was owned by so-and-so in 1972 and you think it was awesome. Can I just say that you hit that right on the head. <laughs> a traveler in search of purpose and meaning I mean, could not better describe. I feel like I'm going to like update my like, you know, tagline and my Instagram, right? Uh, that is so right on the money. So awesome. <laughs> yes. So you two have a style that is completely blendable. I would focus the foundation on Jenna's preferences, like the clean lines, but everything that's brought in on top of it has to have meaning and purpose and a story. So the artwork, the rug, the side table that could have come from Ecuador or the light fixture that was handmade by, you know, artisans in Egypt, those things can still have a clean foundation when it comes to style, but the story and the background of that piece is where you come in, David. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there was the other day he came back with this like beautiful frame that he has of a photo of his sister and him. And he's like, I'm putting this up here in a, near our family photos. And I was like, great. This is, it's so sweet. We, we have our little like mantle with us as children. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask him like, oh, can we get a new frame for it? Because it doesn't mm-hmm. match the aesthetic and it's different colors. It's definitely not my style, right? right? It doesn't fit in. And he's like, isn't the frame great? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, listen, it's like one of those battles where you're like, choose your battle, Jenna. So Jenna, in that instance, you go, oh my gosh, what do you love about it? Huh? And then you go, okay, well, I found this one on Crate and Barrel's website that is, it is shiny, it is this, and it's that, and it's the same size, and it's just as great. So you you ask why, too. I think it's more important for you to ask why, Jenna, mm. than David. Wow, we're in couples therapy now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I think that that frame was made by Bolivian artisans. Uh, and, Are you joking? Uh, no, it's oh, got like, it's like glass and it, you know, reminds me of my travels in South America. So, see, in case you were curious, uh, you know, ta da. And now it gets to stay. It does get to stay <laughs> because he is compromising on many, many, many other interior decisions. So, yes, I will live with it. <laughs> so, speaking of partners, um, what if one partner has really strong opinions about design and the mm-hmm. other, particularly the other? 
really doesn't, right? And it's hard to get them to speak up. They're they're just more muted about their tastes or preferences. How can you get the second partner, the one who doesn't seem to have very strong opinions, involved in the process since both partners have to live in the Finnish space? So that is exactly why I start with their stories and their backgrounds. So both people are equally heard. Most people love talking about themselves in in a general sense. And that's why I start my conversations with that because it just opens up a an avenue for more talking. Even though this person may not care about how something looks, if they grew up in a family that had dinner at the table every day, they're probably going to speak up when it's time to pick out the dining table because they want to be able to use this dining table, have this dining table function at a level that they may want to have dinner at the table every day with their family. So mm. it's it starts with getting people to open up about themselves and talking about aesthetics usually comes naturally after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of make them think it's their idea in a way. Yes. Yes. Very smart. Very smart. Yes. That's why you ask the questions people want to answer. Right, 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 right. All right. So I know that if you're lucky enough, right, there's couples who have enough space that they have their own space or a space to call their own, right? A mm-hmm. gym, a game room. What is your advice for compromising with your partner to give them that specific space they want if they don't have all the space in the world? Well, this is where, like, do you really like your partner? Like, do, uh, do you really like your partner? Do you love them unconditionally? And is this something that's going to make your partner's life better? Mm. Is it going to make your life worse? Like, if it's not going to make your life worse and it's going to better the life of your partner, let it go. Let it go and let them have what. They need. I'm just imagining this corner that David wants it. to design, and it's, it's like, and that's David's corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm, my husband has his room. He has right. his own room. It's his office slash video game room slash shoe closet, and it's his thing. And it's the room that I have not touched yeah. at all. I don't give my two cents on aesthetics, but he may need a solution on shoe storage. I'm like, well, we can try mm. these shelves and they can be glass so you can see through them. And but, so I give my tips, but it's his space to do what he wants to do with. Thank God there's a door on it. So I don't exactly. have to see everything that's in <laughs> Do you think he appreciates that, especially being married to an interior designer, like the ability to like have one space that's just all his own? I'm sure he does. I think now that the rest of our house is done, he's now looking at the rest of the house and going, okay, maybe I should think a little bit more about the aesthetics of in here. And he'll ask me like, what color should I do? Like, it'll be little, little questions that randomly pop up. And I'm like, okay, you're thinking about it now. Aesthetics are becoming Mm -hmm. important to you. This baby blue that came with the house isn't cutting it anymore with your red uh, gaming chair. Okay, got it. So I'm sure he's grateful that I don't press my influence on him. But when he asks, I I lovingly offer my help. Absolutely. 
this gives me feature inspiration for my music space where I can turn my electric <laughs> guitar up to volume 100 and uh, serenade the world. Yes. I think it's more of a back house, to be honest. So, <laughs> completely <laughs> separate. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. All right. So, what is one item that couples should register for to help elevate their everyday? Register for the thing that I'm getting ready to register for. Get the Breville coffee maker, especially if you're a coffee. Well, it, it doesn't matter because you can make oatmeal with it because it gives you hot water. So get the fancy coffee maker. Get you a Breville. Breville is number one on our registry right now. You're not I think we talk about it every yes. day. I think we literally yes. talk about it every day. Is there anything else that you are planning on registering for in your upcoming 10th anniversary new registry nuptials <laughs> <laughs> the the really great all clad set yes. yes we are still in the market for new and better i have an all clad griddle that i use every sunday every sunday is Ooh. pancake sunday at oh. my house i make pancakes every sunday and my best friend gifted me that all clad griddle mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she she gifted us the all clad and i was like okay i am now on the all clad train and I want all all clad cookware. Mm. I love that. And maybe we should consider the griddle, you know, get us some pancakes. Get the griddle. It is on the registration. I'm on it. No, I put it on already. <laughs> oh, you did? Already keep adding. <laughs> I keep adding. <laughs> all right. So it is time to hear what our Pop Sugar audience is thinking about and answer some reader questions. So, David, do you want to take it away for Carmion? First question. My fiance really wants a recliner for our living room, but I don't love the look of them. What's the right compromise for allowing us to both enjoy the furniture? So, most people that want a recliner want the functionality of a recliner and typically don't care what the recliner looks like. So, if you can find the functionality of a recliner in a really cool looking chair, hit up your most favorite furniture store, especially those on the more modern end of the spectrum, like Crate and Barrel and CB2, they have recliners, but you'd never know it because they are in the form of a cool looking chair. But you get the function, usually with a pushback or even an electrical mechanism. So yeah, you can have a recliner that still looks good and make your partner happy. I love that. The cool recliner. Less marshmallow, more stylish. Yes. Yes. Not your dad's recliner. (laughs) Not your dad's recliner. Indeed. The millennial recliner. (laughs) That's right. Usually most things that I sit on now, I'm like, yeah, this is a recliner, isn't it? And they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Okay. Next question. My partner and I recently moved in together and I realized everything she owns is gray. Gray rugs, gray curtains, gray couch. She thinks it's classic. I think it's drab. What's a non intimidating <laughs> way to bring some color into our home? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gray. Gray. Gray is probably my least favorite color because it just doesn't know what it wants to be. <laughs> like, I need colors with commitment. But what I would do in this particular instance, I would suggest, one, a really great rug with more color in it and still include a touch of gray in everything else that you bring in. But let gray be the minimal Mm -hmm. color and all those things. But a rug 
with color in it will totally transform a space. Painting the walls are a color that's not gray, especially something on the warmer scale to kind of balance the coolness that gray can bring. So like a marigold or even anything in a jewel tone would totally work well with the gray. Yeah. Go for the art, go for a nice throw and pillows and ottomans that may have a cool pattern on them. So the foundation can be gray. We can live with the gray, but there's so many other surfaces to cover with not gray. (laughs) I totally agree. I used to be the total gray and white girl. Everything's very classic and clean, right? But then I realized like it is quite drab and (laughs) drab and uninspiring. It doesn't, it it doesn't give you anything. And here's the thing for me, it was like once I brought in the rug and put it down and lived with it for a little while, like you realize like it brings like a new energy into yourself as well. And so the colors that you're so scared of, right, that might look a little tacky or crazy, like actually end up giving you a different energy. And like yes. the greenery has changed because our our base color is like a light blue gray. That's kind of like our mm-hmm. sky gray, I would call it. Um, yep. And now, you know, you need texture. You, I was always scared to like mix patterns and mix textures. Yes. I mean, you can go overboard, but like you can't shy away from things like that to give it personality. And Exactly. It's, it's one of the easiest ways to add interest to a space without bringing in a ton of different colors. Adding texture is my go-to. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so, so much for, for chatting with us and all of the great advice and, you know, just uh, sharing some time with us with all of your expertise. Well, I totally appreciate the opportunity to just talk to you guys and shed some light on this whole world of interiors, but through the lens of couples, because that's that's basically how you have to look at it. (laughs) How do we live our lives beautifully? I'm here to help. Amazing. Well, wishing you lots of lots of pancakes and all clad and coffee, uh, especially as you celebrate your uh, your 10 year anniversary. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And good luck to you both. And congratulations to you both. And many well wishes on your new journey that you're about to embark on. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you so much. This episode of Love These Days by Pop Sugar is sponsored by Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry. Plates and bowls, bath time and candles, cocktails and movie night. Make your home undeniably yours with a Crate and Barrel Registry. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Love These Days by Pop Sugar. Pop Sugar.